Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.31. It is May the 10th, 2011. I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. The show, the podcast, the dream, the excitement that fills the air. It's exciting! We have a really uh, fun podcast for you tonight. Cal and I are going to talk about... Uh, the New York shortstops, the Jeetas, the races, sis, uh, And we're also uh, going to talk a little Islander hockey way later in the show with uh, Scotty Lawbot, uh, is a buddy of ours who's a, maybe one of the only known Islander fans left out there. But there was some big news today out of uh, Nassau County here on Long Island. Plus, uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, what has to go when you have a family. What, what do you stop watching? I'll tell you exactly why I'm thinking of this. Two people have brought it up to me. But before all that, boy, did I set the stage, Doctor. Uh, let me bring in my co-host uh, for the podcast, for the show. The man, the myth, the legend. He is dressed to the nines tonight. I don't know where he is going after the show, but he looks good. It's science. Let's bring in <laughs> Calpino, Calniva. Caliente. Brian Calvi. Calvi. Hello, Brian. Well, hello, Steve. Wow. What is going on? Wow. Every wow. week. I just I don't feel worthy of that introduction. Well, start feeling worthy, my friend, because uh you know, it's it's a podcast, it's a show. We've been doing it for a while now. It gets hotter and hotter. It's a pod show. That's what it is. Hey, listen, I'm dressed up for the show, by the way. That's the is only that, thing I got going on tonight. Is that what it is? I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. Oh okay. We're doing that now. Okay, that's fine. Listen, this is this is big time. We are live from the uh, the studios. I am in uh, Dumpling Sound Studios Two in Bayside, New right. York. Cal from uh, well, we can't give his location out. 
Can no. we can, can we give the locale? No. Get we it? Can't. The low see what I did? Uh, I see. Uh, I mean, I'm in I'm in an annex of Dumpling Town Studios too. <laughs> That's correct. You are in uh you're on the you're not on the compound, but you are around. No. You know what I want to have someday, Cal? What? A compound. I don't yeah, why? The San Pete compound. A compound? Yeah. Like a, moat? like a Kennedy, like a sort of, you know, like a compound. Man, with wings and stuff? I don't know about that. <laughs> no, not wings that you would fly. Wings like I'm in the east wing. <laughs> yes. I'm calling over to the west wing for a, right. a glass of iced tea, you know. That's right. I call I call our uh, producer, the man behind the glass. <laughs> what a better introduction for PJ, pop culture PJ, helping us out behind the glass tonight. How are you, PJ? Good evening, my friend. Doing good, doing good. I'm at my compound. I'm at Dumpling Studios One, uh, actually outside on a very, very long set of headphones. What? <laughs> You're on wireless. <laughs> wireless no we don't deal with that it's low fidelity uh peach that is what are three things you never pay for peach uh i never pay for uh mushrooms i never pay for pancakes and i will not pay for low fidelity music that's correct pop culture pj three things to live by three you will things. never catch me buying an mp3 that's correct uh uh, thanks. Uh, it all makes perfect sense too. <laughs> thanks for helping us out tonight. I know you're back there on the mothership. Uh, how come last time we did the show and you were producing, you were taking out the garbage? Now this time you're outside as well. Do you have a home? Look, there's a, there's there's a few issues between me and the missus, and sometimes she prefers I work outside, even if it is at night. Right. Well, I'm sure your neighbors in Jersey must be thrilled to see you wandering the streets with headphones on and a cell phone. It's a big backyard. I more I more have to worry about wildlife <laughs> than neighbors. You know what, Cal? PJ's PJ's place out there, Dumpling Sound Studios One, has a pond, uh, has a stream in the back. Get yeah, out! Like an actual stream. A running that stream. Is a babbling brook. That's cr- wow. For a blithering idiot. <laughs> Thanks, Peach. We'll talk to you in a bit. All right. <laughs> Pop Culture PJ producing tonight. We may be joined uh, a little later by Dr. E. Ray Stat. He is uh, uh, hopefully going to join us. Still on the paternity leave. Uh, but uh, if he can make it for a little bit, hopefully he will. If not, uh, we'll get him down the road. We miss him. We love him. Our stats just don't taste the same, Cal. But listen, dude. You know, I miss, but listen, I miss him on Tuesday nights at 930, but I, I see plenty of him, and I deal with him a lot. So Yes. <laughs> deal with him a lot? What is he? You're, you're insurance? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like a good neighbor, yeah, Dr. Ray is there. Yeah. Well, uh, how is your? We've been uh, off for about a week and a half here, buddy. I know it's like uh, like a mini hiatus. And, yeah. And during and during that time, somebody had a birthday. Yeah, I don't know who. Somebody, and it wasn't me. That's correct. Yes, I celebrated my birthday in Arizona. Happy birthday, Steve. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, appreciate it. Arizona. Was- what were you doing in Arizona? Uh, I was there uh, on business on, okay. uh, for work. <laughs> like you took your business trip a couple weeks ago to Rochester. <laughs> I got to go to Phoenix to a resort. I think you win. Yeah, that winner. Uh, uh, hello, winner. Winning. No, no. Uh, seriously, but the, you may have heard the promo at the top of the show from the Mark Grace. I got to sit in the uh, pool suite at 
Chase Field in Arizona uh, for my company. Uh, got the pool suite for a game, Rockies versus D-backs, which is wow. awfully close to D-bags, Cal. I know. In and around the stadium, awfully close to D-bags. <laughs> they should have thought of that before they went to D-backs, like, officially. Well, you want to know something? When we had our, our kids, you know, I, I have two beautiful daughters, and when we were thinking of names, I made sure to think of the names that, you know, if they were to make fun of them in school, what it would result in. You have to. You, you have to. Uh, we just went through this with, with uh, my son. Right. And uh, you have to think about what it's going to be manipulated into to make fun of. Exactly. So that's why the owners of the Arizona Diamondbacks clearly did not follow that tact. Correct. And uh, <laughs> the one of the things, speaking of that, a couple of weeks ago I was watching like the Mets Kid Club, uh, Kids Clubhouse thing, you know, on they SNY. Still, they still do that? Yeah, they have like the show and it's hosted by like this 13 or 14 year old girl and she's great and they have 10 questions with R.A. Dickey. And one of her and and Ari Dickey's uh, the pitcher for the Mets is fantastic. I mean, he really is. He's awesome. But he's but he's almost a little too well spoken for thirteen year olds. Exactly. He's almost a little too eloquent. And she asked him one of the questions was, "Did you get you know or what were some of the names that kids called you when you were a kid?" And he and he just looked at her straight face and he's like, "My name's Ari Dickey." <laughs> and he's like he's like next question. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was just you that know, poor kid. Right, he wasn't PO'd or anything like that. He was just laughing. Like, did she not? Did whoever wrote these questions not realize they were interviewing R. A. Dickey? I mean, she's thirteen years old. It's not her bad, but I thought R. A. handled it quite well. He could have gotten complete word completely blue and ruined Mets clubhouse for Mets children kids everywhere. Clubhouse. Right, Mets kids clubhouse is now <laughs> Mets kids clubhouse after dark. It's all censored with bleeps and. <laughs> What were the, some of the things they called you? Boop. <laughs> oh, my last name's R.A. Boop. <laughs> uh, no, but the, the, back to the Mark Grace thing, Cal, and then we're going to get into this. And we do want to take your calls tonight because we are live, 424-220-1817. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the shortstop situation in New York. It's very interesting with Derek Jeter, Jose Reyes. Uh, David Wright may creep into the conversation. I'm sure he will. He always does. Always does, Cal. Yeah, he does. In this house, because he and it, it doesn't matter I, what conversation we're even having. <laughs> correct. He, get, he gets involved somehow. Where are we going for Thanksgiving this year? Well, uh, David Wright uh, <laughs> is probably going to be in Norfolk, Virginia, so we should plan our trip around that. Um, can you can you change the light bulbs today? Well, you think David Wright is changing the light bulb today? Come on. <laughs> so. Thus, thus making for a very awkward conversation in the Catway household. Yeah, um, how's, how's that working out for you? Um, Next. So Fox Sports West does the game from the pool area, the pool suite out in Arizona. So we're going to meet uh, Don Sutton's kid does the play-by-play and Mark Grace. And so we meet Mark Grace. Could not have been a nicer guy, Cal. I really? Asked him, I asked him about wearing number 17. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I had always heard – we had always heard as Met fans that he was a huge Keith Hernandez fan. Yes. And that he wore 17 because of Hernandez. Not true. Not true? Not true. Wow. He did love Keith Hernandez. Some of his game modeled after Keith, for sure. Quite 
quite a lot of it, I would think. Right. Uh, but he wore 18 his whole career in the minors. Came up, 18 was taken with the Chubbies. And so they gave him a choice of 28 or 17. He said, And he said, in, in, in the inimitable Mark Grace fashion, 17 is a heck of a lot closer to 18 than 28. So I went with 17. Oh. Right. So there you go. I wonder who was number 18 at the time. But uh, that's, I was trying to think of that while we were at right. the game. Like, that was like a challenge. And I'm going through the – I guess he came up in, what, 88? Earlier. Had to be earlier than that. You think? I thought he came up in, like, 88. But you're feeling like, you know, Bull Durham is not uh, – uh, you know, he was 39, I think. Leon Durham was number 10. Leon Durham was 10. Right. My bad. Who's 39 Leon... on that team? On the Cubs? Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. No. On the 80s Cubs. Bob Dernier is 20, right? Bob Dernier, I think, was 20. Uh, is Moreland is what? This is riveting conversation for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we just we just gained some listeners in Chicago, lost some listeners everywhere else. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I asked him to do a promo, if he would do a quick bumper promo for us, and he was more than happy to do it. That was really cool. And uh, I think it came out a, a tip of the cap to our friend Jay, my friend Jay, who happened to be – I happen to work with who's uh, a sound engineer. And nice. no PJ, I'm not seeing other sound engineers. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going to have like a friend's double entendre moment now. Awkward. I only did it the one time. <laughs> uh, but Mr. Furley is like, what? There it is again. Every episode of our show. bring it in. Come on. we got to bring him in. If you if you were not dead, be considerably easier. PJ has just sent something to me in the IM chat that I cannot repeat. On I'm a, also not in that chat, so you'll have to family invite. program. I need to invite you to that chat. Is that what you're yeah. saying, Cal? You have. I know you're having your own private chat. <laughs> talking program. about me. Well, we're having our own private Idaho as well. Well, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, PJ has just written something that cannot be reprinted. He did say he was working blue. Yes, I. Uh, this is and this is what it sounds like. Just to uh, this is what Jay got us. Let's play it again. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Solid. Now he he nailed the Sandpete. He did. I think he thought there was an M. He might have. Right. I wrote it out for him on my BlackBerry, and Jay uh-huh. recorded it on his iPhone. Right. And uh, I, 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 we, we, we got one take, Cal, and Jay goes to him because, like a true sound engineer, goes, "Can we get another one just for safety?" And it's in between <laughs> innings. Yeah, when did you do this? It was in between like the sixth and seventh inning. Cal, I've officially decided I'm coming back as Mark Grace in my next life. He he shows up to work, you know, about an hour beforehand in sandals, shorts, and a Hawaiian T-shirt. <laughs> okay. Uh, he he does you know he does color for the D-backs game. There's people all around him in the the pool suite that love him. Uh-huh. Because he won the World Series. He was World Series champion with them in 2001. Yes, he was. Uh you know, he's like a legend there. He's still a legend in Chicago. He will never pay for a, a beer again in Chicago ever. <laughs> and he, you know, he had a great major league career. Borderline, not a Hall of Famer, but he was a great major league first baseman. Solid. solid now he lives player. out in the desert, hangs out Works for three hours and uh, hangs out in a pool suite. Which I guess when he played for the Cubs, didn't they train out there in Arizona too? Yeah. 
Yeah, so he's probably yeah. quite big out in the in the Phoenix community. He is loved in Belgium and Italy, as well as Phoenix. As well as Phoenix, he's a lot like uh, Citizen Dick. Well, wow! I just I I singles referenced you right there. You did. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so anyway, that's our Mark Grace promo. That was really cool of him to do, and we're gonna play it before the show and. Uh, maybe some, <laughs> maybe someday uh, we can uh, have Mark on the show. But anyway, well, we'll tell him that we're playing his promo. Yeah, so he should probably just come on. Exactly, and talk about uh, beating the Yankees in the 2001 World Series. That'd be fun. Which he was more than happy to talk about with all the Yankee fans that I was there with. Oh, really? Oh, more than happy. Well, that was, and, well, that's his only World Series too. Yeah. And my intro to him was he after he had talked to about six uh, guys that were Yankee fans, and then I came up and shook his hand. I said, look, some of us are Met fans. I took out my Met hat, threw it on. Nice. At the same time, he said, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Speaking of, Cal, on to the big unload. And if you want to talk about the Mets, the Yankees, or PJ, working blue, call 424-220-1817. PJ is waiting to take your call. He could be in your driveway. So um, he could be in his driveway. Cal, he is. Let's. How do you want to do it? Do you want to break it down into into twos here? You want to just you want to go Jeta first, or you want to go uh, Reyes first? You want to. Uh, hmm. For those of you around the country, um, you know one of the hot topics right now is uh, in New York. What's trending uh, <laughs> is. <laughs> Is Derek Jeter uh, slumping miserably to start the season? Had an off year last year. Uh, he is 40 hits shy of 3,000 uh, contract disputes over the summer. It's, it, the captain's getting up there in age. And the Sports Talk Radio in New York, Cal, aflame with what to do about Derek. It's amazing. We talked about it a little bit here that he we sort of feel like we come up with him. Right, because we're we're both you and I are both the same age as him. I'm now a couple months older than him after my birthday. That's right. But not th- only one month. He he turns thirty. Well, he turns his next age in June. <laughs> you can say it. It's thirty-seven. That's fine. McWalters texted me, uh, "Happy Stengel." Good yes. Enough. I turned Stengel um, or Hernandez with the Cardinals, um, and now we've lost everybody outside of St. Louis. <laughs> Cal, he goes four for six the other day. Are you buying now? Like he's fixed? Isn't that amazing? He was suddenly fixed. Yeah, well, he was four for four at one point. Right, and then he made out his last two times. And then he went over for two, yeah. so maybe yeah. he's not fixed. But no, but I, I read today, well, now that Derek Jeter's fixed, we can focus on Jorge Posada. Really? Yeah. How is he fixed? Because he it was four for six with two home runs? That's ridiculous. Cal, what are they going to do with this guy? They just signed him for three years. Yeah, what are they going to do with him? They're going to leave him at shortstop. Okay, I have a radical idea. Oh, boy. And it's not cross the streams. You told me You told me this was coming. There's another shortstop across town. Okay. Who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He is 27-year-old Jose Reyes. Right. The Mets have been rumored to be trading him... Since the end of last year, that they're not going to be able to afford to keep him. We will get to all that. I would like to propose 
The New York Mets trade Jose Reyes to the New York Yankees. <laughs> if you oh folks at home, gosh, I wish this was a streaming <laughs> streaming video. If you could just see Cal's face right now. Just, is there an ice, by the way, is the ice cream man passing by the studio? <laughs> That's correct. Did we not we not talked about the ice cream man in here in Bayside? At ten o'clock at night, of course. The ten o'clock ice cream man, or as we're going to tell Wesley, the vegetable man. <laughs> that music means Brussels sprouts. Nice. And, uh, and broccoli. Yes, the Tenaka. I don't think he's selling ice cream, Joe. Well, it sounded <laughs> nice. But it, whatever he's selling, be it illicit or not, why would you play the music? <laughs> anyway, right in the middle of my ridiculous proposal. I thought it was either, either the ice cream man or you had a jack in the box. I have in the both. studio. <laughs> I know you do. Cal. All right, go ahead. Jeter is 40 hits, 40 hits away from 3,000, right? Right. Do you think he can get that by July 31st? Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Back up before I interrupted you, your radical plan. Yes. Give it Give it to me again because you talked I, about trading Jose to, Reyes. But there, I need to know this, though. Do you think Jeter can get 40 hits by July 31st? By July 31st? That's correct. By the trade deadline. Yeah, of course he can. Some so, some fans some fans after Sunday's performance will have you believe he will have it by the end of the week. So we we take Derek Jeter post three thousand hits in a Yankee uniform. We we trade him with uh, Benuelos for Jose Reyes. Your thoughts? Um. It's nuts. That's, that's, it's just... I don't even know whether to take you seriously right now. Are you being serious? You're not I'm, serious. I'm being somewhat facetious, but... Are you... Are you is this a, is this a, is this a send-up? <laughs> gotta be a send-up. Am I... Is there a hidden camera in here? Am I on punk? What is going on here? Wait, though. Wait, all right. <laughs> So Jeter, no Jeter gets the three thousand. <laughs> Jeter gets his three thousand hits in a Yankee uniform, right? And he finishes. There's precedent for Yankees finishing their careers as Mets. Hello, Yogi Berra. All right, Willie Mays, a San Francisco Giant, finishes his career as a Met, an iconic, yeah. iconic guy. Right? Could well, never Willie, play no, for anybody else but the Giants. But he wasn't a Yankee. So what? You said there's precedent for guy, for Yankees finishing their careers as Mets. Barra. Then he went on to manage the Mets, no less. Right. So you send Jeter to the Mets. He's part of the rebuild here. Wait, what? He's part Jeter's of- part of the rebuild? Yeah. At 30, 37 <laughs> years old? You, you have a steady hand. You have the capital. <laughs> I can't. I can't. We got to bring PJ in here, just just so you and I calm down. PJ, you you had a you had a trade proposal. Let me read PJ's trade proposal. Yankees get Reyes. Mets get you yeah. my ice cream man. You get the ice cream man. That's about right. what the Mets can afford anyway. <clears throat> That's. I don't think they can afford my ice cream man because he's not selling <laughs> ice cream. Uh, uh, no, Cal. Uh, seriously. 
All right, let's okay. Let's let's break this down a little bit. Let's say that the Mets are go into full on rebuilding mode, right? Okay. They trade Reyes to the uh-huh. Yankees for Jeter and Benuelos. Okay. Who's their best pitcher or Batances, Your pick. One of which, the killer bees. Which one do you want? It doesn't matter. They're all interchangeable because they're the killer bees. Uh, okay, thank you, Mr. Francesa. Could be any of them. I'm gonna. T- we'll say uh, Benuelos. Okay. So Jeter and Benuelos to the Mets. Reyes to the Yankees. Reyes lock. Uh, Yankees lock up Reyes long term. Right. They're solved it short. The Mets are under contract for two more years. Which year? Yeah, how much per year? But doesn't matter. So. No, I'm just no. I I don't I don't know what is it. Is what it? is it? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. But it's only two more years of that. And also part of my plan is trading David Wright too. So, whatever money you you were giving David Wright, you're giving just a Jeter now. Okay. And you have a steady hand on the till, as you rebuild. So when you bring up Wilmer Flores to play third base. Mm-hmm. You have Jeter playing short, and he can finish his career at shortstop. In the National League, well, he'll probably hit 30 points higher. Okay. He'll get the bump from going from one league to the other. You got a veteran presence on a rebuilding Mets team, and you get the Yankees' best pitcher. You can't even keep a straight face while I'm doing this. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And no, you can continue. There, I, I, I mean, I... Game you could try this theory out. What's that, Peach? Isn't there a video game where you could actually try this out and swap rosters? We could. We could. We we could definitely play like MLB The Show and just play it out and see how it goes. See how it goes. And it probably do that. I think it would probably come pretty close. No, but Cal and and the Mets have a steady hand at the till. Jeter gets to finish his career in New York at shortstop. And the I don't Mets understand get- what steady hand at the till means, by the way, as your layman. <laughs> Steady hand at the till is a complete. It's a, a cliche it's a euphemism, uh, uh, or uh, you know, for a steady hand at the till, like you know what a till is, right? <laughs> you mean like a like a cash drawer? That's correct. Okay. Right. You want a steady hand at the cash drawer. You don't want somebody. You don't want an epileptic as a cashier, is what you're saying? That's the rule usually. And, All right. and Derek Jeter is the opposite of that. He's an opal- he's the opposite of an epileptic at the cashier. Yes, that's correct. Glad we glad we got to that. And you get the Yankees' best pitching. You get a pitching prospect which you so desperately need. You team up Ben Wellos with Matt Harvey. Bingo bango! You got a one and two right at the top of your rotation, and you got Jeets as a recruiting technique as well. well you you certainly have, have thought this through. Your thoughts, good sir. Well, let's. Let's take them one by one here. Uh, point number one, before this can even, the before you can even start thinking about this, Derek Jeter, I believe, has the no trade clause. Does he not? I I would have to imagine he does. Well, he's a, he's at least a ten and five guy, so he's got that. He's like a fifteen and fifteen guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> almost as much as you could be. Right. But um, so he would have to approve a trade to the Mets. Derek Jeter would have to approve a trade to the Mets. That's right. Okay. So we're taking that leap here. We're taking the leap that Derek Jeter is 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 fed up with Cashman going rogue and all of his shenanigans that he will accept a trade to the Mets. Is that <laughs> is that where we're going with this? 
<laughs> that's correct. But before, <laughs> so yes, that's ridiculous. Before I even get to that, yeah, my phone is completely blinking, going nuts. Right. So I uh, my my BlackBerry is going off like Tiger Woods at <laughs> Tiger Woods hey, four o'clock hey. in the morning. Whoa. It, it, all right. And I think it's going to be about the Jeter trade. It's not. What's it's going my, on? It's my brother saying, Tiller, steady hand at the tiller. <laughs> it's a nautical analogy. The captain has a steady hand at the tiller. <laughs> so the great so it, has not, it has nothing to do with an epileptic cashier. <laughs> yes. And he has no problem with the trade. <laughs> Just the analogy. That's where he's offended. Oh, boy. Right. Did he like the trade? I'm a conf- I'm offended as a comedian. <laughs> now, and so now let's bring PJ back in here before we get to our leap of faith that that the captain signs off on this. But let's let's bring PJ back in here. Peej? I'm here with my steady hand. Do you <laughs> Do you have uh access to Google? From time to time. Can you can you please go look up the steady hand at the tiller, please, and and get back to us. Uh, it's steady hand at the tiller. It took that it took that long. You're you're <laughs> once again mangling <laughs> all euphemistic language. <laughs> Let me ask you a question though. You were buying my little steady hand at the till though, doesn't it? No, I had no idea what you were getting at. What's Why the, does someone behind a cash drawer need to have steady hands? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you don't want anybody shaky there around all that cash. <laughs> I think tiller makes more sense. Uh, what is a tiller? A tiller, it's it's a, a sharp tool. What does it have to do with a... With a how is the, it then a nautical analogy? It's a sharp tool that you use out on the sea. <laughs> okay, thanks, Peach. The numbers call to make fun of me. 424-220-1817. The number to call... Oh, my, uh, and uh, my brother said, the trade is clearly insane. But that's... <laughs> thank you, thank you. We'll be hearing from him later on in the show. We're going to give him a shout, Cal, and talk about the Islanders. Although I sense... He may want to take me up on this trade. Look, okay, fine. The trade is nuts. It's bonkers. It's crazy. Okay, are you, are, were you just? Was that just for for shock effect? Yes. Just for radio. Cal, it sweeps. It is. Well, that's true. We needed something big. We are in sweeps. Well, you you went there. All right. No, so so you're not buying. You played the Jeter to the Mets card. The next thing you know, somebody's going to get kidnapped. And the from the show <laughs> with a tiller. Using tiller. using a tiller to – a tiller is a long handle which is used to control the direction a boat travels. A steady hand would ensure a safe ride. Okay. All right, then. So Derek Jeter would have to want to be traded to the Mets. He'd have to approve that. That's correct. Right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to jump off that ledge. All right. So now Derek Jeter wants to – okay, he, he says, okay – I want to end my career with the Mets. I want to stick it to the Yankees. I want to stick it to the Yankees. I want to be traded to the Mets. Okay, Yankee great. Yankees that are booing me now as I'm within 40 hits of 3,000. 
So now the Mets are going to start this rebuild, this youth movement, with a 37-year-old shortstop. It's already underway. Declining range. That's right. Right. Okay. And the Mets and the Mets fans, the the Mets fans, who um who have been programmed to feel a certain way about the captain. Yes. Go on. They will now embrace him with open arms because he is replacing the beloved Jose Reyes. That's correct. Thus, thus ensuring more people at at the games in City Field. Look, we were told all winter long by Mike Francesa, a sports pope, that the Mets should absolutely make a run at Derek Jeter. And if I'm the Mets, it's a no-brainer because it will put fannies in the seats. Right. All right, so from that aspect, uh, I may be a little bat crazy, Mm. bat bat guano crazy. Mm. But... You you're gonna tell me that Met fans wouldn't love Jeter the moment he got there? I think if anything, it cushions the blow of losing Reyes. Not to mention you're getting the Yankees' best pitching prospect. Well, here's the that's that's the next. How delightful would it would it be to see Benuelos or Batances the killer bees? How delightful would it be to see him win a Cy Young as a Met? <laughs> oh, let's. Let's let's go there now, because uh, Manny Benuelos comes with Tommy John surgery to the right, Mets. But then, but he, Well, no, he would too. It doesn't matter who they get; they'll enter the Met organization and oh, automatic, automatically schedule their Tommy John surgery. I see so, what you did there. You see what I did? Well, let's just say, for conversation's sake, that they don't have Tommy John surgery, like Henry Mejia. Fantastic, great news. Yeah. Let's yeah. just for conversation's sake to say no. You're getting their best pitching prospect. You're getting a replacement for Reyes, beloved in New York. Why would the Yankees do that? Because they get Jose Reyes. They get a 27-year-old all-star shortstop right. to take over a guy who's already in New York, knows the town, mm-hmm. you know, is, is uh, a, a dynamic player at the top of their lineup for the next would, seven years. But why would they trade their, one of their best pitch I can't, I've got you spe- I've got you tongue tied with this. Wow. Why would the Yankees trade their best pitching prospect for a guy that they could get for nothing at the end of the season? Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Because no, you work out the part of the trade, just like uh, Jeter accepting the uh, the no trade cost to the Mets, is that uh, you get a chance to work out an extension with Reyes. Listen to me. If you if you were to give Brian Cashman truth serum, what do you think he'd say? Why are we giving truth serum again? Be- because that seems to be the new trend. Give somebody oh, truth serum. Right. We have to give somebody truth serum to get the truth out of them here in New York because everybody else is just a big bag of lies. That's right. Uh, um, I, I, I think uh, Brian Cashman is so crazy that he would go for this. All right, fine. It's not going to happen. Fine. Well, no. Look, it's clearly not going to happen. I was just trying to trying to figure out logically why that would work. That's and I'm and I'm not coming up with anything. I'm sorry. The only well, no. The only advantage there, Cal, is that they could get they would have a window to extend Reyes as part of the deal, like we had with Santana. Yeah, but you know, and if you can't if you can't work out an extension for so they would have first shot at him and keep him from going to Boston, which is where he's going on the open market. Listen to me. If the Yankees want somebody, they don't need an exclusive window. Right, 
they'll just come in $30 million over whoever the highest bidder is. Didn't work. And that exclusive window is out the window. Didn't work with Cliff Lee? No, it didn't. But that's my point. Well, if they had Cliff Lee for an exclusive window, he still wouldn't have signed with them. But um, they could use the exclusive window for Reyes because you don't want him to hit the open market. But he's going to hit the he he he's going to hit the open market. He the way that the season that he's having, he would be a fool not to hit the open market to see what his value is. You have to. But what I'm saying is, with the Yankees, you never have to hit the open market to see your value. They're going to pay you thirty million dollars over value anyway. But that's the point. He can he can have an exclusive window with whatever team he's. So let's just say the Mets don't trade him. He's got his exclusive window with the Mets. He's got 15 days or whatever it is after the World Series. He's obviously not going to sign with them. But the Yankees will just sit back and they'll say, okay, you know, you let your little window run out, and then you come to us and we'll tell you what we can give you. Okay, but here's your problem. They still have Jeter. In my equation, they get rid of Jeter, get an exclusive window to overpay Reyes, because they're going to overpay him anyway. I'm frustrated with this road you've led me down, because I don't believe the Yankees are even going to go after Reyes. Yet you've got me considering it. Of course they're not going to go after Reyes. They can't go after Reyes. They just re up the captain for three years. But, that's, but that now becomes, that's the, that becomes the question, what do you do with Derek Jeter? We all, we've come full circle now. I'm asking you the question you asked me. I trade him in the Mets. For Jose, <laughs> no, I, I, all right, so fine. We'll throw my my trade is never going to happen. And you're right, it was sweeps. I wanted to come up with something big, and uh, you know, let's see how it plays in uh, the Midwest. But the the point is this: I don't know what you do with Derek Jeter if you're the New York Yankees right now, because I'm not convinced his little four for six means he's out of this. Well, what's he doing tonight? Do we know? I don't know. Doctor Eray is not here. I bet you he knows, though, what Derek Jeter's doing. Oh, he certainly knows. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, one game does not break him out of an uh, uh, eight-month slump. Uh, I, I think his bat speed is – there was a stat Buster only was uh, on with uh, the sports guy, Cal, and he was talking about the statistic. Uh, one of the statistics, the advanced metrics, has Jeter hitting a ground ball like 87% of the time. Wow. He can't lift the ball anymore. No. Can't get around on an out, uh, inside fastball. Can't lift the ball. The home runs on Sunday notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, well, and it was Texas. Easy to get lift on the ball in Texas. Jeter, two for four tonight. Nope, he's out. He's broken out. He's it's broken out. Yep. He's now six for his last, what, ten? Six for his last ten. I mean, he's batting 600. Of course he's back. I, what would you do with him, Cal? I mean, what, what could you possibly do with this guy? He's an iconic figure. He's forty hits away from three thousand. You just grin and bear it. You're winning anyway. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything with him now, at no. all. You're, no. you're clearly you're gonna leave him where he is, and you're gonna and you're gonna take what you get from him. You're not gonna do anything with him this year. All right. Right. And he's gonna get his three thousandth hit. Right. And there'll be celebrations, you know, and everybody will be happy. And then what he not, will do? Not is everybody. <laughs> Well, not everybody. That's true. Um, but then what'll happen is he'll fail in the clutch a couple of times down the stretch. How dare you? How dare you? And everybody will get back on the we got to get rid of him bandwagon, especially Cal. as you get closer to the end of the season and Reyes becomes a free agent. Cal, how dare you? Careful, careful. The angry letters will start. You know what? You know what I love 
and I'm not, I'm not. This is not a shot at you because I know I know what you were trying to do. Yes, I was I was messing around. I know that trade will never happen. Although I did try to think today of how I would defend it. It was a clever tactic, and I applaud you for that. You like my clever ruse? It was good. But where I'm going with this is the all of the scuttlebutt that you hear. Right. I can say that, right? Absolutely. That's your word. Is that okay? I don't know. Yeah, the scuttlebutt. We'll bleep that later. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> all you all you're hearing is about just the Yankees should go get Reyes and they should just move Jeter. Or then the best ones I hear are you put Reyes at short, you put Jeter at third, you put A Rod at the DH position, or you put or you right. put Jeter in left field, or and everybody's moving around. And 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 you send, in- you send Posada down to Florida on a hit, right? <laughs> and he never comes back. It's um it's just interesting how. Life as we as we as sports fans has changed over the past fifteen twenty years. That immediately you think, well, I can plug this guy here and this guy here and this guy here, and there's no ramifications to it. It's not you know you don't worry about the chemistry of the team. You don't worry about the fact that this guy has never played the position before. But if he has a U next to his name in fantasy baseball, he can play anywhere. So I'll just plug him in. Yeah, you know, as a utility guy. And it's it's funny because like I said, fifteen twenty years ago, we never would have even considered these these moves you know well, yeah, yeah i mean they were made i mean cal ripkin slid over from short to third but cal well, ripkin they, they they didn't they didn't he didn't move over to third base because they acquired a hot shot shortstop right no, no one know? would call mike bordick a hot shot anything that was manny alexander manny alexander too that's right and I'll, i'm going to tell a story about you know why i'm the only person in the world that doesn't like cal ripkin Go how on. Like, how could you not like Cal Ripken? He's just what baseball is all about. Yeah, Let me well, do that. Is... Let me do that. How 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 could you not like Cal Ripken, Cal? Well, I'll tell you, Steve. When Manny Alexander <laughs> was a was a fresh faced rookie coming up to play shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles, Ripken didn't gracefully move over to third base that people forget. He was kind of pushed over to third base because Alexander was supposed to be this the, the next big thing. And what Ripken did was he kind of organized some – I don't know what the right way to put it is, but he kind of turned the team against Alexander and made it really uncomfortable for the rookie to play in the beginning of his career in Baltimore. Really? And I thought, well, that's not what a legend is supposed to do. No, sir. And I, and I did not like Cal Ripken from that moment on. Really? Yeah. True. So, <clears throat> so Manny Alexander keeps you from liking Cal Ripken. Not so much Manny Alexander, but what he did. To Manny no, for, no forgiveness there. What's the statute of limitations on uh, Cal Ripken being a douche to Manny Alexander? There is none because everybody still <laughs> everybody still salutes this guy like like he is you know like he's a god. Well, the lesson I think, as always, is don't get on Cal's bad side. Exactly. Because you never come back. You never come back. Uh, back to uh, the idea. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, Cal Ripken is always the example that is given. Uh-huh. You know, oh, he slid over from you know short to third. Derek Jeter should have no problem doing that. Well, uh, how about how about A Rod? That's another example. Just go to DH. No, A Rod moved over to third oh, base. Yeah. So he right, right, right. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Right, right. That worked out well, though. I mean, he he that, sort that of played, did work out well. Sort of played Gold Glove third base for a couple of years there. And he hadn't played third base before, so it's just it's just strange though that you would even consider that that you wouldn't have 
15 years. Right. Well, and it's also we're talking about the Yankees. Right. And so there's a danger that Jose Reyes could be traded and or signs with the Red Sox, who have been trying to fill the hole at shortstop, uh, you know, for six years. Mm-hmm. Actually, basically, since no more left, even though one could argue that no more leaving, uh, no more leaving got them a World Series. Right. But, you know, there's the danger of him going to the Red Sox to so the Yankees jump in and outbid them and move Jeter around, especially if Jeter has an off year. But this goes back to Cal. What do the Mets do about Jose Reyes? And this is the next one. It's a trick question. (laughs) That's a fought-again trick question. It's a a trickier situation, what the Mets are going to do with Ray. Well, I would like for you now. I proposed my crazy uh, sweeps, May sweeps trade. Right. I'd like for you something you said two weeks ago, I might add. Two-plus weeks ago. That is now all the rage. Uh, all over the uh, the sports tabloids here in New York, Cal, what did you say the Mets should do? Well, all of the talk was about you have to trade Reyes because he's going to be a free agent. But you're not going to get a lot. But, you know, this idea that you're going to get somebody who's going to be in your the, your number one pitcher for the next 15 years is, is, is ludicrous. All right? He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's a rental. He's a two-month rental. You're not going to get a lot. Well, you're not going to get as much as you think you're going to get for Jose Reyes. But the guy that you are going to get a lot for, should you decide to move him, is David Wright. Now, here's look at the two. You can trade Reyes, and you're not going to get a lot back for him. Okay? Or you can keep Reyes. Right? He fills a premium position. His talent is electric. I would I would tell you that he's probably got more fans than David Wright does. The common man. Uh, you know, right. the passerby. The guy who kind of peeks in and says, hey, what are the Mets doing? They're going to be more excited by Jose Reyes than they are by David Wright. Okay. Will you buy that? Go on. Okay. So you keep Reyes and you put the money towards Reyes. And you trade David Wright, who is a year away from free agency. So the team that gets David Wright now has him for a year plus at a reasonable contract. Right? You're going to get more back from that team. You're going to be able to fill more needs by trading Wright. And it's much easier to put a third baseman in there than to try to replace a shortstop. Plus, we don't have to look at his sour face anymore. Oh, see, now you made it personal. Well, no, here's the th- I'm okay. This is I'm, business, and you made this very personal, Tom. I'm a, I'm a little exaggerating. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but David Wright is the face of the franchise, which means he's the face of the failures of the last five years. And how often do we look at David Wright swinging at a ball in the dirt or trying to pull an outside pitch, and he strikes out, and he kind of slumps his way back to the dugout? I mean, it's like every time you turn around, David Wright's making a – he's throwing the ball away at first base. He's striking out. He's just I, – I've just – I've kind of seen enough of, of the negativity around David Wright. Plus, I love the guy. He's my favorite player. And I think the Mets kind of owe it to him to give him a fresh start somewhere else. I think he would be – I think he would thrive in another, on another team right now at, at this age. Wow. Okay. So you took us all over the map. I did. 
I love that about you. Yeah, I it's feel, a little no, no, hazard, no, no. You, there's pins stuck all over the map right now. <laughs> the Met map. But let me start at the end. Okay. With what you said about how you're feeling about David Wright right now. And I think it's, this is super common among Met fans right now that they're feeling that David Wright is, as you put it, so Cal eloquently, the face of failure. Yeah. I'm it's sorry. funny. I was, I was talking to K Mac about this today. You know, huge Met fan, obviously. We had K Mac on a couple of shows ago to talk about the Giants. He's a huge, knowledgeable Giants fan, too. Bleeds for the Mets as well. And Kevin has come to dislike David Wright. He roots for him. I mean, he roots for him big time. Sure. But he is he is tired of David Wright. And we were talking today about 2006. And that famous picture of Wright and Reyes smoking cigars after they clinched the NL East. And how it was all supposed to be championships and lollipops and sugar plums. Yeah. And that's five years ago. And there's been none of that. And the team is five games under 500, about to go into rebuild mode. I mean, they were 23 years old at the time. Yeah. Maybe it's time. Maybe. Maybe it's time. Look, I don't think Met fans want to trade either guy. No, and that's, that's an excellent point. And I want you to expound on that because we were talking to Dr. Erie about that today. Right. I, I, I don't think, as a Met fan, you don't want to trade either one of these guys. Met fans, and, and I think all baseball fans, but Met fans in particular, because so many of their best players were homegrown players, are particularly soft-spotted for the homegrown player, without a doubt. And right, and Reyes are our two homegrown players. There are Jeter and Bernie Williams, or whatever. Right. And the fact that they have failed to win a championship uh, since the failure in 2006 and then the epic failure in 2007, 2008, etc. Met fans, though, still love these two guys. There are guys. But it's five years. It may never happen. And if you're going to go into rebuild mode and you can only keep one of them, it may be more practical to keep Jose Reyes, sign him to a long-term deal, as you said, at a position of scarcity. You know, when he's playing like he is right now, there's only three other shortstops that are better than him in baseball. So you you keep the position of scarcity, who's and you trade. Who's the third? Well, Tulowitzki, Hanley Ramirez. Ramirez. Who's the third? Yeah, maybe the second. Right. Right. I mean, maybe he's the third. I mean, you could you third? could always say Rollins in there because Rollins is a winner and you know Ro- Rollins has won an MVP and I, I don't know. But it, it, again, top of his game, Jose Reyes is one of the top three shortstops in baseball. Yeah. At a position where there's not that many great players. I mean, he's one. Of, he's he he's arguably one of the top twenty players in all of baseball. Oh, when he's healthy, I, he's, I don't I don't like think now. It, yeah I don't think yeah. it's arguable. You know, aside from the fact that he is lacking what we've always talked about, that sixth tool. And he showed it the other night by not one, but two base running blunders in the same game. Yeah. Uh, that are just, you know, lights off upstairs sort of blunders. But anyway, but, but my question, though, Brian, is 
Are you really going to get back that much more for David Wright than you are for Jose Reyes? Wright is only signed, what, through 2012, right? He signed through, yeah, he's got one more year and then he's got an option for two He's got an option year in 13. So essentially, and it's a reasonable option year if he's putting up the numbers that he's putting up. Plus, he'll only be 30 in that option year, right? Um, yeah, because he's going to be 20. He'll be 28 in December. Wow, I know when his birthday is. Uh, he'll be 20, but no, he'll be 28. I think this December, right? So he'll be 29. Whatever. He'll still be young for that option year. But are you going to get back more, Cal? I think you're going to get back more. The quest, like you said, the question is how much more would you get back? Well, Dr. Ray asked us today, like, if you trade right, you got to get – his opinion was you get a major league-ready position player and you get a pitcher, like a, a high-level prospect pitcher. I totally disagree. I, well, all right. I don't totally disagree. <laughs> That's so harsh. Wow. I somewhat disagree. I think you got to get back two top pitching prospects because, yeah, you, have, because you have Wilmer Flores. And – a year Let's away. Talk, you know, with all these injuries that the Mets have had, and they're talking about who's behind them in the, in the minor leagues, they don't have any pitching in the minor leagues right now. No. They're they bare. Just, they just uh, promoted Familia uh, to double-A because of the injuries at triple-A. Right. Uh, and you're not rushing Matt Harvey. Did you read the Matt Harvey uh, article today in the Post? No. Kevin Kiernan had an article on Matt Harvey. Cal, just when you think all is lost, I urge you. To go read this article. Right. Matt Harvey is everything we wanted Mike Pelfrey to be. And he's not. That's, okay. Mike Matt Harvey is a ninety five plus fastball, four pitches, twenty two years old, and angry Brian. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Pitches with a chip on his shoulder, uh, wants to beat you and intimidate you. Good. The comparison was Roy Holiday. Well, let's not get carried away. Yeah, no, 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 just in in mentality. If he if he comes in somewhere between Halliday and Pelfrey, I'll be very happy. <laughs> if he's just not licking his hand furiously on the mound, I'll be pretty happy. You know, let's all remember that Colorado, the site of Mike Pelfrey's uh, meltdown. That's kind of where it started. Yeah, Pelfrey pitching in Colorado tonight, and a couple of years ago he had a complete meltdown where after his start he got knocked around for like six runs in two innings. Decided to just jog. Found himself jogging around Denver. Didn't know where he was. Wow. Anyway, yeah. what's the uh, score of the game there, Cal? Um, that's up 4-2 in the bottom of the fifth. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, do you think – so you think you get more for right than Reyes? Uh, yeah, I think I think you get more for right. And I, from a business standpoint, I'll be honest with you, I think Reyes sells more tickets than right. This is where I disagree with you. David Wright is beloved, Cal. Of course he is. He's beloved. He's the face of the fr- – I mean, he's the whole thing. I don't know if you can uh, – he's the whole package. He grew up in Norfolk. He loves being a Met. Uh, no, look, I'm, look I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that he's not. I'm not saying that at all. I just think that he's uh, – I think Reyes is the more exciting all player. Right. He's the more dynamic player. When Reyes is up, you're going to watch Reyes – if Jose Reyes is up, you're going to watch his at bat before you would watch a David Wright at bat. Am I right? I got to be honest. The David Wright at bats have gotten tough to watch, Cal. They're tough to watch. Well, I mean, and and it's gotten tough to watch. That's the other thing. We we could spend 
eight hours on what the heck happened to him after yeah. 2006. And, and somewhere along the way, he just became a tinkerer. Yeah. A, a tinkerer. Is that a <laughs> Care- word? Careful. Again. <clears throat> he He was at the tiller. I'm working on that line tonight. His hand is not steady at the tiller. No, no. Not so steady. I just I just I don't, you know, something I don't know. He's gotten bad advice or or he's letting he's letting his head get into it too much. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. whatever it is, he he's playing his way. He could be playing his way out of or into exactly what we what we are talking about. He may change Sandy Alderson's mind. It's sort of a foregone conclusion that the Mets are either going to trade Jose Reyes or let him cut bait, you know, and and or cut bait with him at the end of the season to get the first round draft pick. He well, could be, you know, I think Sandy Olson is open to absolutely everything when it comes to the Mets. And the other thing is, Cal, we won't know which is the better move because it really depends on what you can get for Reyes, and it really depends on if the team that trades for Reyes is desperate for him and gets that window for an extension. That's huge. Well, and, well the other thing is that Sandy Alderson and everybody just assumes. Oh, well, you know, he doesn't get on base a lot, so Sandy Alderson hates him automatically. You know, he's not an Alderson guy. Everybody assumes that. Yeah, so asked, I think that's ridiculous. But some I, – I don't know who it was asked – was talking about Reyes to Alderson over the weekend, and Alderson made a comment about how, you know, you have to take into consideration the connection a player has with the fans. You, it, it can't just be about his skills – there's also a, uh, a connection that a guy has with the fans, and he was surprised by the connection, the strong connection that Reyes had with the New York fans. So for whatever that's worth, um, I, I agree with him. You know, it's, again, it's a business. They're running a business. They're, they're, you know, it's a baseball team, and, and we like watching the games, but the, but the Wilpons are running a business. And what's better for business? Is it better to keep Jose Reyes around because he's got this connection with the fans? Right. The and the other the other uh issue in there, Cal, is that we're sort of ignoring and we may get to a little you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever, is that they may have a buyer for the team. They might they may have somebody buying in with an infusion of, of cash that's gonna make it possible to sign Jose Reyes. Or at least bid on Jose Reyes. So then do you so then do you have to wait until the end of the season? I don't I think you have to wait till the end of June, because that's supposedly when the you know, the bidder is gonna be chosen. Right. They have very serious bids. They have bids to the tune of $250 million. And they have bids for 49% of the team is what I'm hearing too. That's going to be a little more than your name on the letterhead. So if there's that sort of infusion of cash, then they maybe maybe they can afford Jose Reyes. Maybe they don't have to trade anybody. Well, they have to trade Beltran. Yes. Oh, well, that's a given. <laughs> Four four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Uh, the number to call if you want to get in on this. So that, there, there you go. There's Cal's proposal. Maybe you trade David Wright. Uh, maybe you trade, you know, David Wright and not Jose Reyes. You re-sign Jose Reyes or you extend him. You build around Jose, Jose, Jose. I don't know what's. The, it's certainly going to be intriguing to watch. I still I, like my Reyes for Jeter. Dear. What? <laughs> my bad. That's possible. Listen, Cal. Yeah. We should uh, we should try to get uh, uh, Scott on about the Aisles. Let's by the way, it was by the way it was Mike Brumley, number seventeen for the Cubs back in nineteen eighty seven. Mike Brumley, number eighteen. No, he was number seventeen. <laughs> but Mark Grace took seventeen because somebody was wearing eighteen. 
Oh, that was wild. So then. That what we what we need is who is wearing eighteen. All right, I gotta go back to the back to the drawing board. <laughs> let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can get uh, our, our our Islander fan guy. Let's see. <laughs> see. see if he picks up. <laughs> We're gonna talk a little bit about the Islanders uh, with a big press conference tomorrow. Hello? Hey, there he is. Hello there, Scotty. <clears throat> Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Uh, it's going real well. I'd like to welcome uh, Scott into the program, the law bot, the last remaining Islander fan, the last of the Mohegans. Actually, the, no. the, three, the three of us on this call, that may be it. That's it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that gets a little overplayed. I think there's plenty of us out there just waiting for an excuse to uh, to jump up and be heard, right? Hopefully we'll get a little bit more of an excuse tomorrow. I don't know if you guys have been following the story at all. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, this, is, uh, this is why we got you, my friend. Uh, we wanted to talk to you about uh, there's a big announcement coming for all you Islander fans out there, but it, in general it's a sports note. There's a big announcement uh, tomorrow going to be at the Nassau Coliseum uh, about uh, supposedly a work project or something. What's the deal, Scott? Well, uh, I don't know if you've been following the whole sordid saga, and it is a saga. I mean, it's just been ongoing now for a couple of years. Everybody knows that the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, gloriously unsponsored as it is, is uh, is, is outdated. It's run down. It's, uh, it's not state-of-the-art, and everyone knows you need a state-of-the-art building. So uh, if you've been following it, you know that Charles Wong, now and his owner, had proposed a, a pretty grandiose redevelopment for the, the site of the Coliseum. And he's been trying to get something through the various uh, government approvals for a lot of years now. So he had proposed the Lighthouse Project. That was big, too big, a lot of people said, but I, I kind of liked it myself. Um, and it got shot down. It cratered. Uh, it went nowhere for, again, a lot of reasons. I don't know how much more time we have on the call, so I won't get into it. But <clears throat> it's, <laughs> it, seems, it, it seems that... Uh, the new county supervisor, Mr. Mangano, who took over for Swazi, and Swazi had this great deal worked out, he lost. Mangano took over, and now he's taking a crack at it. Uh, there's going to be an announcement tomorrow, and, and there's a lot of speculation about what it's going to say, but the general gist that we're seeing from you know people who know more about it than me is uh, you know they're going to propose some redevelopment for the site, maybe a coliseum renovation, maybe building a minor league ballpark over there, uh, there's not a lot of hard facts about what else might be involved. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see. they got a press conference scheduled for 11.15. Uh, I'm going to follow it, probably stream it at my desk and just see what's going on. Um, but, Cal, I mean, I know you've probably been following it, too, as one of the last three Islander fans. Uh, <laughs> this, this, is, this is a question. When I heard this, like, my feelings were, oh, no, here we go again. Something else to get my hopes up and get shot down. When you heard this, what were you thinking? I, I was excited. I was excited because it sounds like a scaled, a scaled down version of this huge plan that they that they had with the lighthouse. Um, it sounds again, the details are sketchy. We'll find out more tomorrow, tomorrow morning. But it sounds like they're they're looking to build an entire entertainment complex there, and what that and the centerpiece of that is the arena, and the arena is the biggest part of this as an Islander fan because you hear it all throughout the league, that big-name free agents, big-name players throughout the league 
don't want to come and play for the Islanders because of their facilities. Their facilities are outdated. Not not just the Coliseum, but their training facilities as well. Everything is outdated. So if they can if they can rebuild that Coliseum and and the training facilities and all of the hockey facilities that go around it, I don't care what they do around the, around the arena. You know, I want I just want the Islanders to be good again. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. And I was thinking the same thing today that you know obviously he tried you know Charles Wong uh, tried to get something done there that was uh, a game changer right he was trying to get something done there that would be a destination that would be a landmark that would be just this huge production in the middle of Nassau on what is essentially now parking lots right i mean i think everyone knows when you go to the coliseum there's nothing to do there's the coliseum and then that's it and there's this sort of hotel sticking up out of the middle of the ground, you know, a couple hundred feet away, and but that's it, right? So it's not what you call a great game day experience. Now, Sam Pete, you have a pretty good experience with game day experiences now because you've taken in a bunch of games at the new Jet Giant facility. Say what you want about the stadium, and I think it looks like a giant air conditioner. It's a better game day experience for the most part in terms of, you know, amenities and such. Than, uh, than the old stadium, you know, and I think that's the kind of thing the Islanders have been crying out for. What do you think? Well, I think that it's a great point, man, but I, I, I think that the better example is uh, would be uh, Shea and City Field uh, in, right. in the sense that, you know, Shea was a dump, but it was our dump. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and when City Field came around, there's no denying now that City Field is a better baseball experience than Shea was. Uh, right, but I think, with the, I think with the Islanders, you could put a tent up that had, you know, working bathrooms, and you'd have a better game day experience than you do at the Coliseum. Like, it's not going to take much to have a better game day experience at the Coliseum. You know, with, yeah. with the, I mean, they just so desperately need a new building. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I think. You know, and I think you're seeing this at City Field now. The, the, the new building is nice, but they're not selling it out anymore, right? They I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like Cleveland where they built the new stadium and they had sellouts for ten years, right? right. New York is a little more fickle than that. There's ten other things going on on any given night. You got to have a good team out there, and I think Cal's point was the best one. If you can get a new Coliseum in there, and you can take that excuse away from the free agents so that you're not having to overpay and even then not sign the guys you want, like Paul Martin, who, you know, went to Vancouver for $2 million less because he just didn't want to come and play at the Coliseum. Um, you know, then the, the product gets better and, and you will bring people back to the Coliseum. I think, uh, you know, I just <laughs> all we have right now is, is uh, wild speculation, which is fun. Yeah. I love wild speculation. But, but you know, uh, you know what? No, you know what's got it's 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 kind of the chicken and the egg thing because you kind That's of right. need to have the you need to have the building in order to get the players, but you can't get the players if you don't have the building. You know, and so it's 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 tough for the Islanders for the Mets. They 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 had the players and then they built the building and then they stunk. <laughs> so, so there was the chicken, the chicken, the egg, and then the chicken parmesan. Right, the the chicken yeah. died and it's gone now. Okay. Right. The and now it's, stepped on the egg. Everybody's That's right. Uh, the, <laughs> the other thing, though, too, about hockey, uh, Scott, though, is that on Long Island, it is proven, okay, that 
people will come to see that team when they're good or even halfway decent. Yep. I think one of the uh, the oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. You said, like there's there's a lot to do in New York. Yeah, but this is Long Island. <laughs> so in Nassau County, there's not that much to do. They are the only professional sports team within you know, shouting distance of the city. And Islander fans are proud and want their own building. Yeah, they do. And I think I think you you could have that, Scott, you could have the team that they had this year, okay, that, that went 2-19 and 19 at one point, but then really started to play good hockey towards the end of the year. Oh, yeah, and, the second half was, was night and day, right? And, and they had a competitive team. They had exciting young players. They've been, I mean, again, say what you want about Garth Snow, and, and lots of people have. <laughs> the rebuild, the rebuild is 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 getting there, right? They've got a lot of exciting young guys, and then next year they're going to have some more, and they got another top five pick. And it's easy to see the glasses half full, right? You got Tavares lighting it up at the World Championships. I think he's leading the the, the whole tournament in scoring. Um, you got you know Oposo coming back for a full year. You got Grabner who just looks amazing, and, and we can probably pencil him for another twenty five goals next year. You've got guys on this team who are going to stick around and are not going to be traded away like Milbury used to do, right? Because they're restricted free agents. They're, you know, hockey's version of indentured servants right now. We get to control them for the next couple of years. So they're not, they're not going anywhere. Um, you know, well, if we can get the building the other, right. The other thing with that, Scott, is that they're, they're growing up together. And they're, yeah. and they're developing a sort of kind of us-against-the-world mentality and a little bit of Islander pride that – this is going to be a fun team for the next few years as they continue to develop. Now, if you don't Agreed. have the building, nobody's going to go see it. You know? Yeah, I mean, you take that you no, take that true. same team, you take that same team that had the second half that they had and you put that in a in a in a I'm not even talking about a state of the art facility. I'm talking about a in the thousands facility. In the in, in the 90s <laughs> facility. And it's and and that that arena is sold out every night. Yeah, I agree. I mean, fans will come. Right now, they are bitter about the fact that Charles Wong has owned this team for 11 years, that he's been trying 11 years now, that he's been trying to get the Lighthouse Project for the longest time. And it seems like, I feel like a lot of Islander fans feel like, what did he care about? Did he care about the real estate land grab, or did he care about the team? Because he was like, he wrote in uh, as a a white, uh, non-hockey knowing knight. You know, and and came in and saved the franchise, and then it started to look like the Lighthouse Project was just a land grab. Yeah, I I mean, the Lighthouse Project died. You didn't hear word one from Wong anymore. That's right. Right, Right, exactly. That's right. You certainly didn't hear. I mean, listen. Yeah. My point with with Wong is is you can kill him for maybe you know overreaching. You can kill him for maybe dreaming too big, right? And and. Uh, trying to to get what he could out of Nassau with the lighthouse and whatnot, but I don't think you can kill him for for he wanted to keep the Islanders here. And I think that anybody who's lost as much money as that guy has over the last couple of years, without making the threats that other owners make and other markets have seen uh, to move unless I get this or to go elsewhere unless I get that. He's never done that. He's always taken the position that I'm trying to make it work here. Here's what I need to make it work here. And, again, you can kill him for that. Uh, but he's never said, if I don't get X, Y, and Z, I'm going to Winnipeg or I'm going to Quebec or I'm just, I can't make it work here, so I'm leaving. And 
you got to contrast that with like what the Maloofs have done in Sacramento. What happened to the the Sonics in Seattle? What you know? I mean, it's kind of rare. So yeah, kill them for DPH with lifetime contract. Kill them for you know the management shenanigans that have gone on over there. They are not the easiest team to root for. They seem to have a talent for shooting themselves in the foot with this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you got to give him credit for trying to make it work here. He's at least given it a shot. Yeah. Right? No, and 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 the the odd thing about the Islanders will always be, and uh, and and then before we let you go, Scott, I wanted to ask you one more thing. But the odd thing sure. about the Islanders will always be, they're a small market team, in the middle of New York City, and that's that's the truth of the matter. They are a small market team. Right. Uh, and 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 they play thirty miles from the Madison Square Garden. Right. And and, and taking thirty miles from Manhattan, and they're a small market team. Right, and you know what, Roy Bowie and Bill Torrey, they got it, and they they knew how to run the team within those constraints. I don't think anybody after that got that until Mr. Wong has had it beaten into him over the last couple of years by losing his shirt because of the the building and the deal that he's got there with the management and the county, and you know now he realizes, and that's what he's been trying to do for the last couple of years is I got to build this the way the Sabres did it, the way, uh, you know, Pittsburgh tries to do it, the way, you know, other teams that have built through the draft and, and built through the rebuild have gotten competitive. I mean, look at what the Sabres did. They had all those homegrown guys. They had Pekka and they had Hoshik and, and they, I mean, they were in the cup finals for a couple of years. That's, yep. that'd be the model for us, you know? Yep. All right. Now, Scott, so tomorrow at 11.15 or whatever time it is, You'll be listening to the press conference. I think we will all be anxiously awaiting the news. Now, I'm going to ask you 12 hours before, put on your soothsayer hat. What, sure. do you think the announce- what do you think the announcement is going to be tomorrow? Well, I think there's a couple of things that you're going to hear, right? The first thing you're going to hear, because one of the things Mangano did was uh, make a proposal to try to get a casino built on – the Coliseum site, and he was going to partner with the Shinnecocks, who now have federal status and can get a casino built there. And I think he did that not because he thought he was going to get a casino there, but because he wanted to show the locals that if you don't do this, if you don't give me something, this is what I'm going to give you. And then how do you like that, right? <laughs> so he he was kind of – it's a little bit of gamesmanship. It's a little bit of, all right, well, you know, you guys won't let me do what we're proposing, which is you know, beneficial, affordable housing, all sorts of stuff like that. How do you like a casino? How do you think that's going to go over for your residents that are against the development there? And so now, you know, having sort of shown that, he's going to hit him with the carrot, which is, all right, I'll put the casino at Belmont, which is where a lot of people think it should go anyway because there's a racing track there. But you have to give me this. You've got to give me a, a new or completely renovated coliseum. You've got to give me an entertainment complex to give people something to do on game day other than game day. You've got to give me training facilities so that the Islanders can attract free agents. Uh, You've got to give me a minor league ballpark so that I can maybe attract another minor league sports team to to play here in the summer so that it's a year-round venue and i got something to fill the complex during the summer months. And then, you know, then I'll, I'll be, I'd be interested to see what else he tries to jam into that. But I think that's what the basics are going to be. The basics are going to be sports and entertainment complex, Something for everybody, restaurants, maybe an expanded hotel, uh, maybe a convention space, something like that. Um, and then we'll see what else they try to, to glom onto the design. Nice. Well, uh, Scotty will certainly, uh, us 
us Islander fans will certainly be paying attention tomorrow, brother. I'm sure you and I will be texting back and forth. PJ wants to know if they're going to try to uh, get a roller derby rink as well. If they'll try a to a roller that. derby rink. Yes, that's right. He a roller derby to, rink. He just wants to go to the roller derby. He does, does he? Yeah. You know they well, do that. They do that out in Jersey where he uh, where he resides. He actually could see that out in Jersey. I know uh, Dane McManus, one of the Jets beat reporters, yeah. does roller derby out in Jersey. You should go check that's her right. out. Yeah, she's always tweeting about the fact that she's uh, on a roller derby team, and uh, I would pay to see that. Is that wrong? <laughs> should I should I not say that? I never what? want to no, go I didn't. to PJ. No, it's yeah, go. <laughs> All right, brother. We will uh, we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow, and we'll, you know we'll follow up on this, man. Because uh, those of us that are Islander fans, and and also, you know, there's a lot of sports and politics at play here. It's been a very interesting ten years with trying to get the lighthouse built. So, uh, oh yeah, no, there's 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 tons more to talk about about the uh, the yeah. behind the scenes machinations of the Nassau County Republican complex and all sorts yeah. of stuff that we really don't want to get into right here. I think, but yeah, uh, there's a lot to I, go on there. I think uh, during the Cup Finals, too, uh, Scotty, we may have uh, Kevin on, uh, Greenstone, uh, to uh, to talk. So maybe we'll bring you in on that conversation. We'll do a little four-way NHL Finals talk. Well, uh, that sounds great. All right, brother. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, pal. Yep. Thanks for the call tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. So, uh, Scott, our resident Islander fan, checking in, doing a fantastic job. Our resident other Islander fan. That's right. Well, you know, we can't be the resident fans on our own show. No, you have to bring in... you got to bring in people. He qualifies as an expert on the Islanders. He is a huge fan and very knowledgeable. He is. He's also a uh, a homeowner in the the county of Nassau, which (laughs) in Nassau County out on Long Island, which also means he he knows what's going on with the town superintendent and the political machinations. Yes, and as... Uh, Pop Culture PJ, our producer, pointed out it was starting to sound a little mafia there. <laughs> starting to sound a little mafioso. Like, look, all right, you you don't like what I'm doing? How about a casino? How you like that? <laughs> all right, an Indian casino. How you like that? Be nice. No, okay, no. Well, then you're gonna do this. <laughs> so Mo, Mo Green's out of the Tropicana, and I'm putting my brother Fredo there. Um. <laughs> Cal, so we'll definitely keep an eye on the Islander stuff. I know that's, you know, for us that's an exciting thing tomorrow. We got a couple of minutes left, and I wanted to um, to just touch on this a little uh, ten minutes to one Saturday Night Live sketch, but uh, <laughs> the ten to one sketch. Oh. You, you know it's what always the, ten- the throw. It's always the throwaway sketch. Right. It's usually a throwaway sketch until it's Wayne's World, my friend. Yeah, that's true. Which was a ten to one sketch. So we, we, let, can we do a quick uh, fun load here? Uh. Yeah, please. Okay. So the reason this came up for me is I heard it in two places. All right? I I heard uh, the sports guy talk about this a, a couple weeks ago, talking about the idea that he hasn't been able to follow the Bruins until the playoffs because, you know, when you get married and you start having kids, you know, some things just have to go. You can't follow sports like you did in your 20s. Wait, before, before you go on, and I hate to interrupt you. Yes. I, Jose Reyes has just been traded for Derek Jeter. No, he. How did awesome. you know? That, no, this, no, no. I, this would be the greatest program in the history of podcasts. Could you imagine? Happen. In the middle of the game. No, um, I, I check out. This is just breaking because I've been checking this out all night, waiting for this guy to weigh in on the Islanders story for tomorrow. Okay. And I'm checking out Point Blank. Yeah. The Islanders Point Blank, the the Chris great Botta. blog written by Chris Botta. Tremendous job. 
and he's finally at 10.15 posted some information about tomorrow. Okay. And what it looks like, and I'm going to read this from his site. Awesome. And just a real quick blurb here. Point Blank has confirmed that August 1st is the scheduled date for the referendum on a bond for a planned sports and entertainment destination center on the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum property. The cost is expected to be $400 million. Nassau County re- residents will vote yay or nay. So it's going to go to a vote. So it's going to go to a vote, and it's going to cost $400 million. And I wish Scott was on the phone I know. minutes longer. <laughs> PJ, get him back. Call him back. As, as a Nassau County resident, I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. But that that is what's going to happen tomorrow. i got to be honest with you, Cal, though. One thing that strikes me immediately about that announcement Four hundred million is a ridiculous amount of money. Don't get me wrong. A lot of money, but it's it's about six hundred and fifty million dollars less than what the lighthouse proposal was. It is. I think he. I think you might get that passed. Well, we'll see. Ah, God, I hope so. Uh, So it appears to be the last shot at, at, at getting something done on the property, though, for the Islanders. Right. And uh, Scott just texted me back and said I should have talked about the bond. I had seen that and I forgot. Ah, okay. So okay. At least, you know, so good. he's so. Whew, all right. Oof. Great. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go back. No, to no, that. not at all. That was important information, and and it's going to come down to a vote in Nassau County. And I think that's something that Charles Wong always wanted. Like, just right. put it to a vote to the people. I bet you, I win. Well, they're the ones paying for it. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Fair. Uh, so anyway, this point Simmons was saying. You can't, you know, follow teams like you did. Something has to give, and he had to give up the Bruins. Like he had to give up like nightly watching of the Bruins, mm. you know. And the trade-off is that he can, you know, watch all the Sox games he wants, all the Celtic games, or whatever. And then at this uh, business uh, thing, with this work thing last week, I was talking to a, a one of my coworkers, buddy of mine out in uh, Chicago, Trox, and we got to big, great sports fan. We we uh, actually Cal, we have to have him on for college football. He is uh, he's magnificent, big yeah. college football fan. Yeah, but he was saying the same thing. Independent of the sports guy, was saying you know I you know I don't really follow baseball anymore. I sort of had to give up you know with the kids and stuff. Like you have to give up some of the everyday stuff. He's like for that I get Saturdays for college football, right? Mm-hmm. So now, uh, as uh, some of you listeners know, I'm uh, new to the parenthood. Um, and my boy turned five months old on Friday. And uh, Cal, you are a veteran, a veteran. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while now. Uh, you have, uh, you know, the the older children. Uh, did you find that that happened? Did you find that you had to give up? Did the Islanders go? Did the Knicks go? Do you actually have to give up one thing? Is it a trade off? It's a, it's a trade off, and. The Knicks went, but not because of my kids. Right. The Knicks went because of Isaiah. The Knicks went because of Isaiah. So I was kind of fortunate that it kind of, that, that part kind of took care of itself. <laughs> it sort of worked itself out. Yeah. Um, what went, I'll tell you what went. And, and when, when you are an impending parent, all you think about is, oh, my goodness, how everything's going to change. You know, I'm going to have to give up everything. My life is going to change. And it's true. Your life does change. It changes in a good way. But you find ways around things to make it work for you. <laughs> okay, such as? So, the, well, the first, thing, the first thing that did go and, and, and 
this this was unavoidable is I used to go to about 15, 20 games a year. At just all sports or Met games? All sports. Okay. You know, most of them were Met games, but I would go to a few Islander games and maybe one or two football games during the year. Um, Gone. That goes, that goes away. <laughs> but that, I... Okay, so let's check off the things I have already seen. <laughs> okay, so you've seen that, right? Check my my yeah. jet season tickets for reasons about the Meadowlands, but also for reasons of uh, having not being able to spend ten hours on eight Sundays a year away. Right, gone. You just can't do it anymore. Happy to trade that off, though. Fair trade. It's a fair trade. Here's the next thing that goes. Oh boy, if you. If you are lucky enough to be able to still have athletic ability and play sports, yes. if you are playing multiple sports or on multiple teams <laughs> in one sport, everything but one goes. So you got to go. You, if you're playing basketball in a rec league and softball, gone. Both go. If you play softball and like to dabble in a round of golf, here and there, gone. You have to choose. Wow. All right. You got it. I mean, and, and again, this is all because of, of time constraints and because if you're going to be a good father, right. I'm not saying anybody that does this is a bad father. <laughs> right? Hold on a second. Direct all calls to Brian Calvi. I saw where this was going, but you just it's just thing, things have to change. Now, the big thing that changed for me. And Can I ask a question about the last one, though? Yeah, please. Okay, so in that giving up the softball, say, right. do you do you gain the ability to watch sports? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, come on now. No, well, not not uh, not at that time. Event. No, but I didn't know just even TV, like at that time, like. Well, here's, here, well, that's you're leading me into my next point, which is all right. you know, once again, you're like the Stockton to my Malone. <laughs> With the shorts, with the shorts to match. With, with the shorts to match. I'm actually no. wearing John Stockton shorts right now. <laughs> Very tight. Well, hey. <laughs> but I look good. So it, it's all part of the role. So <laughs> with the advent again, now now my oldest daughter is eight years old, so she came around at approximately the same time as the DVR became popular. Nice. And what I learned to do. Because the baseball and I, and I love the baseball games, um, the football games as well, and and you better than anybody can attest to this because you've already experienced this. You record the games, and I can't remember honestly the last live sporting event I watched at at, at that exact time that it was happening in its entirety. In its entirety, because what happens is. You, you you record the game, especially the baseball games during the week. They start at seven o'clock. That's prime kid time. Right. You're bathing them. You're feeding them. You're getting them ready for bed. Whatever you're doing. Right. Having them do your taxes. Whatever it is. You know, the mowing the lawn. That's correct. <laughs> but you can't. You cannot justify at seven o'clock in the middle of all the craziness going on with the kids. Up. Oh, sorry. Mess on. <laughs> Gotta go watch the game. <laughs> Can't put do the it. put the formula down. Nah, daddy's got to go watch the game. Sorry, you can't do it. It just it changes. You know, dinner's <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm out. 
I am bringing a close to dinner. Where did Daddy uh, go? Folks, <laughs> where'd Daddy go? Why can't Daddy read? Well, the Mets are on, honey. <laughs> Doesn't work. But you and and uh, Steve, you you've experienced this, right? In, yes. in your short uh, tenure as a parent, right? Yes, I I have. I I feel like the Knicks were already out as well. So that solved a problem for me. I, I I also feel like my my wife had sort of prepped me for this before the child came. How so? Well, there was like a weaning off of some nightly things, like like you know trade off sort of stuff, like watching an Islander game in the middle of like November, watching like the the twenty fifth Islander game of the year, right? You know, on a Wednesday night in November. You really need to watch that? Like, really? Really? Is it, I mean, is that crucial? Do you Do you need that game? And it, it, you sort of work out like a commodities program, like an exchange. <laughs> We're like, I'll give you the Wednesday night, and we'll, right. we'll, we'll HGTV it. We will watch, you know, Curb Appeal with Dan Shackner. We'll watch that. Now on SNY's Beer Money. Cheap plug. Right, cheap plug for Danny Shacker. No, but we'll, we'll do that, and you sort of exchange. Like, I've gathered up five HGTV slash Food Network nights. I would like okay. to exchange that for seven hours of football this Sunday. So I don't I, – I just not just the Jet game. I'm going to need the whole day. Well – So that, I already started on that, right. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk football because that's a whole different ball game in it my is. world. It is. Um, I, I happen to have a wife who, although lovely, hates the game of football right. with a passion. On principle. With a passion, hates it, doesn't understand it, doesn't like what it does to people who watch it. She's a lovely gal. Beautiful, beautiful woman. And we I, and can't I emphasize death. enough. <laughs> but hates. I mean, as, as if. Football was played by terrorists. <laughs> she hates it. Um, so now, with the introduction of two kids into the mix, the ability to sit on a Sunday and watch seven hours of football is completely <laughs> and utterly out the window. Not a chance. Not not a remote chance. But what I get in return... And this is again you were you talk about your commodities. That's it. What I get each football season is one Sunday a year where I can either go to a game or we can hang out with our friends and watch a, a day's worth of football. That's what I get for right. for 16 other weeks. It's, I have to record the jet game. It's catch as catch can because I'm pumpkin picking. Right, because because of course you got to go pumpkin picking at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in the fall. Right, that's the only time to go. <laughs> that's when the pumpkins are ripest. But I, I do have to tell you, there's a secret society. When you see other fathers pumpkin picking, you just kind of look at each other right. and you shake your head, give the knowing nod. Right, like yeah, I'm taping it too. Recording it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Won't say anything. <laughs> uh, well, that's something to look forward to. Well, I but that's that's just me. Right. 
that's just I mean the 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 vitriol she has for football is is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, that's I did not know about. Lovely gal, by the way. We I, cannot I, again. Yeah, I mean the best. beautiful, smart, intelligent, fantastic I mean, mother. Terrific. She can cook. <laughs> she make you a sauce, a gravy on Sunday oh, nights. That's nice another thing on Sunday. It's 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 pasta day. Well, it's pasta day. But gotta have dinner at three o'clock. <laughs> Because it's Ronzoni Day, apparently, so you yeah. have to have dinner at three. At three thirty, when it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter, it's dinner time. Dinner time. That's oh, the time. Got to eat early. That's but, right. Yeah. Uh, well, this is all something to look forward to. I think <laughs> uh, it was a very interesting conversation I had with my buddy Trox about this. This idea that, you know, if you had to, so let's let's finish it up this way, Cal. Yeah. Let's take the Knicks out of the equation because we've we've already I, I you know. I I I don't even watch whatever. I let's take the Knicks out of the equation. Yeah, I the say Knicks are out. Although I, I watched a little, ruin, you watched, watched the a little bit this, and we watched a little bit this year. We, we well, you didn't. You tried. And you I tried play. desperately. <laughs> let's say out of the three that we have left, yeah. If you could, if you had to pick one to lose, like entirely, which would it be? Wow. Is this like choosing between your children? It's Sophie's <laughs> choice. It's just like Sophie's choice. I feel like Meryl Streep. <laughs> you look a little – I mentioned you were dressed up. You look a little – you do not look unlike Meryl Streep right now. It's a combination of Meryl Streep and Carl Malone tonight. And Carl Malone and Gus Farratt <laughs> because you are, you are gussied up for the show. I am a handsome broad. You are good-looking. Well, I I I I have I gotta to give, yeah, you okay. have to answer that first. You I have, have to say, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say the Islanders. I'd have to. I can't. The lengths that I have gone through to watch a Jet game. I, I, I'm the reason that they invented DVR. <laughs> I had the first. I had the I had the beta model of the DVR from Time Warner just so I could watch a Jet game. That's a true story. I I was doing a play that was on Sundays. And I could not, you know, I, I said to him, I said, I can't take this play. It was a Sunday brunch play. Oh. Great idea by a friend of us. It was, it was great. It was a great experience. And I said, wow. I, can't, I can't do it. I can't miss the Jet games. And he suggested to me, they have this new thing called DVR. It's like TiVo, but you don't have to get TiVo. So you can get it through Time Warner. I had like literally like the beta model. I had like DVR wow, 1.0 wow. just so I could watch Jet games. So it's got to be the Isles. It's got to be. Yeah. Oh, that I, I would have to, I'd, I'd have to say the same thing because I, I mean, I can't imagine not watching football. I mean, I mean, you're talking about not watching football. Yeah, it, it, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even talking about what you have now, which is your one day, one day a season, your one day pass. I get one day. They don't make the NFL ticket one day pass. Well, the, here, here, I'm. I'm going to blow everybody's mind with this. I have DirecTV. <laughs> All right? I am the only man in America that has DirecTV but does not have the Sunday ticket. What was... Why? <laughs> Again. Rewind the, rewind the tape five minutes, and there's your answer. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's I mean, fantastic. There's, there's, there, is, there is no bigger taunt than watching Peyton Manning do those commercials on my TV. On your direct TV. All I got to do is press a button. One button. 
you're one step, you're one button away from having every game. Yeah, and and can't have and, it. And you can't watch any of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's wow. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, that's all the time we have. That's fantastic. Uh, let's uh, let's close by saying this, Cal. You got to make some tough choices in there when you have the family and stuff. But when you look at your kids or you look at your wife or whatever, none of it is a tough choice. Nah, you make that choice every day you make, and twice on Sunday. And twice on Sunday, unless of course <laughs> there's a Jet playoff game. Or if it's a Fox doubleheader. A Fox doubleheader. I might not make that choice twice on Sunday. Definitely make it once. Once in the morning before one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our thanks to Pop Culture PJ. Pop Culture PJ, thanks, man. Anytime, boys. It's my pleasure. Anything you want to add to this? No. <laughs> He's not the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. He, uh, Peach, uh, seriously, thanks, pal. And uh, let's go to the roller derby together. Absolutely. I'm in. We're going to bring Scotty, too. Yep. Cal, Cal won't be able to go if it's on a Sunday at 1. Can't do it. No, well, he can bring his wife. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, she'll love that. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next week, Peach. Thanks, pal. Have you. <laughs> uh, Cal, final unload. Final unload, 1987, Chicago Cubs, number 18, Angel Salazar. Angel Salazar was the reason that Mark Grace, wow. Uh, my final unload is uh, if you trade Reyes, you trade right. Uh, just whatever you decide to do, get it right, please. Get it correct. We've suffered enough. Uh, for Brian Calvi, I'm Steve Sampietro. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Check us out at www.rtusports.com. And uh, download this to iTunes so you can listen to it again and again. We will uh, be back next week. Maybe have a little guest for the Yankees, Cal. I hope so. And uh, we'll take your calls. Thanks so much, guys. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.